Proudly coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Frontier Podcast. I'm your host, Ledge, and we are powered by Gun.io, the engineer's choice for engineering talent. If you like what you hear, please give us a review on iTunes and join the conversation at the Frontier Pod on Twitter. Giddy up! Nick Lumsden, COO of Online Tech, joined me in late 2018 to chat digital transformation, or as I put it, hey, what's the exciting place between legacy and bleeding edge? It turns out companies can make a pretty big mess when they throw all their workloads on the cloud without having a decent plan. The technology is the easy part. Remember when we cared so much about our servers that we named them? Well, those days are gone. In the CICD world, we face a totally different paradigm. What used to be build, deploy, and maintain is now build, deploy, and destroy. The secret sauce of digital transformation is the total plan to bring along not just the bleeding edge, but also the legacy tribal knowledge that came before. Hey, Nick, great to have you. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Ledge. Uh, Really appreciate being invited to the show. Awesome. Awesome. So why don't you give like a two, three minute introduction just of yourself, just so the audience can kind of get to know you and your experience, and then we'll dive into a little Q&A. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Nick Lumpton, uh, I am head of operations and product strategy for online tech. Uh, online tech is a global provider of secure, compliant, hybrid, uh, and multi-cloud solutions, uh, specifically focused on service providers, uh, channel partners, and enterprise organizations. And uh, uh, my background uh, is all in um, stage two rapid growth uh, organizations. I've always been in the technology space, always been focused on healthcare and security. Uh, I love the service provider space. It's a fascinating time to be here. Uh, there's so much happening uh, in the technology space where organizations are transforming, trying to find their way from uh, you know, thinking like it's 2008 to thinking like it's 2018 and what that means. And, uh, you know, frankly, uh, things have not slowed down. They've only sped up. And as organizations are, uh, uh, trying to adapt, uh, to this new world where the speed of need is instantaneous, you know, there's no longer this world of quarterly, quarterly releases. It's now a, a world where the speed of change, uh, IT organizations, technology organizations are trying to figure out how to make that instantaneous to respond to their business. And, and that's where I play. That's, uh, that's my passion, and, and uh, uh, that's why I'm here. So there's a huge space between 2008 and, you know, sort of bleeding edge, let's say, you know, ML, AI, blockchain, software development, you know, choose your, choose your poison there. You know, I wonder... What's exciting about that space between legacy and and bleeding edge and making that transition? I think a lot of our freelance audience will probably appreciate that. Yeah, I'd like to work in those major transition points. I would like to help bring a company from you know sort of years ago into really exciting stuff. What's that look like from the service provider perspective? Yeah, well, uh, I can tell you, um, you know, looking at the businesses out there uh, and the opportunity for these businesses to transform. I mean, the buzzword out there is digital, digital transformation, and that's what we're talking about, going from legacy to cloud native. And uh, not all workloads, you know, should fit into one bucket. You know, when we talk about public cloud, we talk about AWS or Azure. Uh, there are workloads that should be going there, and we need a plan to get them there. But if you take all of your workloads and you put them there, uh, you're going to run into some problems. And what, you know, what 
what the conversation is about is where an organization is today and the plan to get them there. And, you know, technologically, we can all go figure that out. But, you know, honestly, the biggest hangups uh, to this transformation is around actually the culture and the people. You know, how do you go from, you know, 2008, we think of our workloads as pets, right? We've named them. We know their idiosyncrasies. Uh, uh, you know, when a, a certain uh, server starts to act up a certain way, you know exactly how to go take care of it uh, to a world of today where, uh, you know, we treat our workloads as cattle. If one of them dies, we just create a new one. And uh, that that is a huge cultural shift for technologists uh, inside of these organizations that need to move a whole lot faster. You're making me laugh because I can completely resonate with that. I actually remember the server names at, at one of my jobs back then. So yeah, I, can, I can rattle off for you when each of the servers had a problem exactly <laughs> what we would do because Glenn Livett just... Uh, burped and uh, you know they were all named after scotches so <laughs> uh, yeah that's that's fascinating you know how do you see it all fit into you know the let's say that the CICD you know software development software engineering flow you know automated testing um, you know all this stuff I I talked to an interesting guy the other day who was kind of at the forefront of of bringing agile to mainframe environments which I I thought was, you know, just something you don't hear about a whole lot. You know, you think uh, legacy systems, you know, sometimes at best you've got a Unix terminal, you know, at worst you've got sort of this monochrome screen and legacy ops doesn't really get a, a whole lot of uh, sexy points these days. You know, um, how do you bring those people along for the ride and, and help them get along with the, you know, 26-year-old engineers who, uh, you know, want to build, build, build? Yeah, well, it, it's uh, it's not easy. I can tell you that. It, first, it takes really understanding. Uh, first, of course, you have to understand the business and what's driving it. What what are they attempting to do? And then understanding what workloads they have. So, if you know, I can use an example from my past uh, organization I worked at. We were developing uh, a number of product lines, and from the first product line to the tenth product line. Uh, that was probably about a, you know, five year span. And just the way you built those over those five years changed, right? The one that was oldest, that was legacy, was built in a different architecture, a different philosophy than the one you, you built more recently. And so first is, is understanding those and then understanding the people who, um, who manage those and who work inside of those business units. They each culturally, culturally are going to have some differences in the way they think. And in the biggest part of the transformation is helping, is helping organizations get past the mentality of, you know, we're going to build, deploy, and then we're going to maintain this workload over time and help them see build, deploy, and destroy. And that's a huge cultural shift. But once you get there and you can start to then take apart that workload, now you can think in terms of CICD. That's a massive change from the world that, that we were in. And so that journey, I would say technologically, it's not that hard, right? We're engineers. We can go figure this out. We, you got uh, a, a ton of smart people uh, over there uh, that, that can go figure this out. It's how do you get on board those who historically, you know, who have the legacy knowledge, who have the tribal knowledge, and help bring them on that cultural journey to the transformation. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is that we often talk about, you know, hey, let's advance the dinosaurs, right? And I like how you said that, you know, the 
the tribal knowledge and the people with the legacy knowledge, you know, they, they have a tremendous amount to offer there. And I, I wonder what about the young new engineers? What do they need to look for, you know, when they're working maybe with these legacy folks who have been there, you know, it's easy to kind of go, eh, you know, the people who have been there 30 years, you know, they're stuck in their ways, they write COBOL or, you know, whatever it is. What should the new people, you know, new kids on the block, you know, try to learn from that group of people before, you know, they retire? Well, uh, boy, how do, you, how do you sum up 30 years of someone's experience and, and bottle that up and, and uh, put it in a young engineer? Um, you know, all, all the, the, none of the things, I would first say that none of those things that that young engineer would need from that 30-year-old uh, veteran or 30-year veteran are necessarily technological in nature. And as engineers, we always go to the technological, right? But the, um, the ability to troubleshoot a problem Right. This is something that just takes experience. You just need time over target to do it. And I guarantee you that that guy who has 30 years experience by intuition, when something goes wrong, um, he knows probably where to go and what to eliminate in a problem to make that I have seen over and over and over um, inside of young engineers. They just they, they don't know where to go. And so sometimes they just start shooting from the hip. And so when we talk about tribal knowledge, it's a vast array of experience that helps in in some of those things that are not, they're not really technical in nature. They're how, uh, you know, how we work when we look at the problem. They're how we understand navigating an organization or how we understand uh, getting a project pushed through. And if you're a young engineer and you have an idea uh, to advance your organization towards cloud native, you should be looking to partner with that guy who has all that experience and, you know, find a, find a way that that becomes a benefit to him such that, you know, you can, you can, leverage and, and value his experience to help you get that project over the finish line. And at the end of the day, what you're going to do is you're going to take um, a bunch of stress and fear off of that person's plate because I, you know, again, 30 year veteran, they're probably have such a huge workload sitting on their shoulders. They would love for you to take some of that off their plate through automation, through rethinking how an application is deployed, uh, go and partner with them. Yeah, I think you're right. And that, you know, that really applies to, you know, any discipline area, you know, it's not just engineering, you know, um, organizational knowledge, you know, would sort of apply to the, the same uh, paradigm there. What could you tell the people now who are building relatively scaled, you know, sort of high growth SaaS companies right now um, about what you see in the field? And how to avoid being the disastrous sort of legacy dinosaur, you know, um, where people say, oh, God, that thing was written in 2018 and they haven't upgraded. What are the lessons to avoid getting there, you know, in a resource constrained environment? I mean, we all know where technical debt comes from. You know, it's hard to prioritize. It's hard to fund. Um, but what do you see that, that are the enduring lessons that can we avoid the next generation whining about? you know, what we did and being stuck with it? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the first one is don't overbuild uh, because that's how you get technical debt uh, is uh, we go and we try to overbuild the solution up front and stick to, you know, stick to the lean concepts that are at the core of DevOps, at the core of Agile. Think in terms of MVP. Think in terms of what you really need to go deliver because the more that you build, the bigger it gets, the more technical debt you accumulate. And then, of course, the more technical debt you have to pay off. Uh, and I would say to the leaders that are out there, make sure that there is some function within your team to actually be looking at broken windows and going and fixing them. You do need to pay off some of that technical debt. Uh, I would also say that 
you know, bring in people from outside to help challenge your way of thinking. If you're in a stage two, you're in rapid growth, you're, you're uh, building your organization to scale. Uh, you need people to contradict you. Uh, you need people to challenge your way of thinking. And that is how you're going to survive becoming a legacy while you're building and scaling your organization. Let me ask you, this is sort of my final question. I ask, you know, everybody, we're in the business of evaluating and, and vetting, you know, uh, senior engineers. And, and we take that really seriously. And so we're always looking for the the best of breed. You know, what are your heuristics for knowing that I am talking to and I'm about to hire, you know, an A plus senior engineer? Do you have a framework or a way of thinking about that measuring, you know, that that's really been successful? I do. I do. Uh, and I will tell you that it's technology and being able to solve problems in the industry are not as important to us. Like what technology you use today versus what I might hire you to go use tomorrow, that matters less to me. What really matters to me is that you have a couple of factors. First, let's just cover the basics. You're intelligent. You've got a great personality. You've got character, right? You've got the integrity to be on, on my team. But the most important factor is this idea of having a really strong internal locus of control. That's what I look for in my engineers. Do they have what it takes internally to see the world as something they can go change versus an external locus of control? Um, an external locus of control is someone who doesn't feel they have control of the world. Things happen to them, right? So the example I like to give is if you have, um, you have a person who shows up late for work. You say, hey, why were you late for work? The person with an external locus of control, we call them ELOCs, is going to say, oh, my gosh, you know, it was raining. There was so much traffic. I just couldn't make it to work on time. Whereas the ILOC, the internal locus of control, he's going to say, you know what? I didn't look at the weather last night, and so I didn't get up early enough to make it to work on time. And that is the sort of person that you want inside of your organization because they own it. They personally own it, whether it's theirs or not. And the most successful people I have ever had work for me, whether they had the technical knowledge or not, had those four factors. An ILOC, they're intelligent. they got the personality to work with the team. they got the character to be inside of my team. Love that. That's a great framework. Very successful. Thank you so much. Nick, it's great having you on. Thank you for you know sharing your expertise. Uh, any closing comments about, about you and your work? Want to make sure that people can check you guys out. Absolutely, Ledge. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me. Come check us out over at uh, onlinetech.com. Uh, you know, we you know our goal is to help our clients uh, in their business transformation. It's, it's all about win win. We uh, we want to make the world a better place. We want to take customers on um, the journey to digital transformation uh, and make sure that they get there and they're they're hugely successful at it. Well, Nick, thanks so much. Really great to have you on. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by Gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you enjoyed the show and want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io slash podcast to get in touch, and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer. Thanks for listening to the Frontier Podcast, produced by gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.